Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. Okay, so I want to talk today about how exactly to find new clients. Okay, so you have an awesome business, right? You're great at what you do. You're working with clients um, with a service-based business to meet their goals and needs. But if only you could reach these potential clients that you've been thinking about working with or hoping to work with and let them all know what you have to offer and how great it would be to work together. Wouldn't that be amazing to build your client base, take on more, build your business and ultimately, you know, reach your goals and make more money. That's what we all want, right? But one of the biggest struggles for people with a service-based business until they have totally made it, you know, is how exactly to find and take on more clients. Like where do you actually get them from? How do you actually bring them on board? It's, you know, whether you're just starting out and you really haven't even had your first couple clients yet, or you know, you're a few years in, you know, it's always something we're thinking about. I think until, you know, you really got a solid base going with your business and have big enough name that people are always referring you new clients and this and that. But it's definitely something that I hear people talking about all the time. Like, how do I get more clients? They need more clients. How do you get clients? You know, it's something people are always talking about because yeah, feeling, feeling like you're actually filled up with clients can feel like a never ending struggle. Even when you do have a lot, even when you have made a name for yourself to a certain extent, you know, even still clients come and clients go. Sometimes the project ends or you only have them. You might have a kind of business where you're only maybe working with people for three months or six months or even a year. And then, and then that's like it. It's done. You've done what you need to do with them and they move on and you need to be finding new clients. So even if you feel like you're filling your roster, you always kind of have to be looking down the pipeline and seeing, you know, when you're going to need to bring more on or you know, just knowing that you'll need more at some point. And sometimes even when we know we need new clients, we just don't take the steps to get them. You know, maybe you feel full now, but you know that six months down the road, you're going to have space for more clients. But it's just like hard to find the time to actually do something about it now, even though sometimes, you know, you know, it can take time to bring something new on board, you know, but it's sometimes we either... I just can't think of the best ways to even go about trying, or we feel like we don't have the time right now because we are busy, or, you know, sometimes we just make it too complicated and it's kind of like, okay, but what can I actually do? You know, I don't have time to do a whole big strategy to, you know, set up maybe a big marketing funnel or create these things that I know I can implement in order to bring in clients or customers. But, you know, that, and that makes us not even want to try, you know, or, We just honestly don't know where to start. Maybe if you're just starting your business or even if you started a while ago, but you've always kind of brought in clients naturally, but you've never actually tried proactively and don't really know where you would start with that. That's totally valid too. So yeah. And then, I mean, I think, as I said, sometimes, you know, we really are too busy and it keeps getting pushed aside from the to-do list. You know, even if it's something we know we should do, even if we do know we want a new client and we know we should do it. It just, again, isn't priority when we're feeling busy, right? So let's think about some of the easiest and 
best ways that we can proactively go after securing a new client this week. It doesn't have to be complicated. And sometimes the easier, more obvious ways are actually the best and can get the best results and take the least amount of time and are the most doable. So that makes it worthwhile, right? Just in itself to do them. So these are the best ways I have found personally through the years to bring on a new client when you have extra room in your roster. So the first, the first one is to ask people, you know, even if they don't seem relevant, you know, we're talking family and friends here. Maybe they have nothing to do with your business. They don't seem like they would need your service or they're not applicable. Maybe, you know, in terms of your type of ideal client, but you never know who they know or what kinds of things they might have going on that you don't know about if you don't talk about it. So honestly, this might sound like the most obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people just don't ever go out and ask people they know if they need or could use their services or if they know someone who might. It can be scary to put yourself out there like that, of course, and people often feel kind of weird about selling themselves to family and friends. But that's just something you need to get over right now if you're going to have a business. People who already know and trust you are the best people to go to first. Even if they themselves don't have need for your service, just let them know that you're currently actively looking for new clients and ask if they would be able to recommend one person to you or recommend you to one person that they know who might actually need your services. You'd be surprised how people may not think to even help you in this way until you ask. You know, you might be like, well, it's obvious. My family knows that I have a business. They know this is what I do. So of course, if they have someone relevant, they'll refer me. A lot of our families aren't like that though. (laughs) Even if they know that you started or have even been running your business for a while, they may not think that you need new clients. They might think you're doing great and like, it's whatever, like they don't have anything that could help. Or they might think it's not their place to recommend a potential client or something like that. Um, Maybe they might not think that you'd appreciate it or that it's something they want to get involved in, or they might just be so not in the business mindset themselves that they honestly just wouldn't think to refer you to someone or even to consider hiring you themselves if they do have something, you know, applicable until you ask them. So it's worth a try to ask proactively, you know, create a conversation with family and friends. It's easy because they're already your family and friends, you know, it shouldn't be tough to even say, you know, to either bring it up next time you see them, or if you're not sure when you're going to see them to say, listen, can I talk to you for, you know, 10 minutes about something you can help me with for my business, you know, tomorrow or something like set up an actual phone call for that or get together for coffee. Since they're already your family or friends, that shouldn't be that hard or weird or anything like that. So proactively create a conversation to let them know what you're up to and that you're seeking new clients right now for your business and ask them to think of a specific person at the time of the conversation who may be able to use your services. You don't need to put them on the spot or anything to ask them to actually call that person right now or, you know, try to have that conversation while you're in front of them, but having them think of specific people right while you're having the conversation makes them more likely to actually bring it up with the person next time they see them. Just asking them to recommend you to people in general, you know, it might not have the same results because they may just forget or never put in the two minutes to think about who they know that would actually be a good client for you. And so it's not going to then come up when they do see, you know, the right person or whatever. 
you're not always going to be top of mind when they just see any random person they know who might be applicable for you if they haven't already thought it through in advance, you know? So just, just assuming, you know, that when they're around the right people, they'll think of you and refer you. It just doesn't often actually happen that way, you know? Everyone's got their own things going on. So while it might seem super top of mind for us, we're like, yeah, they're definitely, you know, they know all the right people. They'll definitely refer me to them and, you know, bring it up whenever they're in conversation with someone with an applicable business or need. But that's not necessarily the case, you know? So asking them to think of a specific person or people while you're talking to them, while you're with them, so that they can be like, oh, yeah, you know, so and so would probably be someone who could use the service, you know? So then next time they're talk- that you'll actually be top of, top of mind when they're talking to that person because they will have identified that person, you know, and they might even feel comfortable contacting that person specifically for a phone call about this. You know, they might talk directly to them about you and your services, you know, as a favor to you, because again, you're their friend. So if they know someone else who is their friend, they might feel totally comfortable doing that. Otherwise it might be like, yeah, next time you see so-and-so, can you just bring it up, you know, in a, in a casual way? So even if the person says no, this has expanded your circles and your reach. You know, it's not necessarily that everyone, your family or friend refers to you is going to say yes and want your services or want to talk to you or whatever, but it's expanded your reach. Um, because now both the person who was your friend to begin with and the person that they mentioned you to will remember this potentially for years to come. And they'll now be more likely to refer you more in the future as well. So even if this doesn't result in a client right away, it's setting you up for the future because now, again, your family or friend knows that you're open to and accepting new clients and would appreciate that referral. And also the person that they did talk to about you knows that you exist, you know, so that's expanded your circle just like that. And even if they don't need your services now, they might in the future later on and remember that and they'll contact, you know, your friend again and be like, who is that person that you recommended me for, for this service? Or they might even when in their circles have someone else who they find is looking for that service and be like, oh yeah, you know what? My good friend recommended someone they knew for me for that. So let me get their contact information for you. You know, it almost can be like a second person referral at that point, even if they didn't need you or never ended up talking to you at the time, because since they're hearing about it from, again, someone who is their family or friend, it's such a strong connection that they'll be more likely to actually remember that and to feel like they can reach back out to that person on behalf of someone else even in the future. So that has, I have seen that happen. And that's why I think this is a good one to use. And this works for any kind of client or customer or, you know, any kind of business that can work on a referral, this works for. So whether you're a brick and mortar, you know, offering a one-off service. You can ask people to think of a specific family or friend that um, they know of who might be able to use your service and say, oh, next time you see them, can you, you know, let them know that I'm accepting new clients right now and you they can come in, whatever, this is what I offer. Also, if it's, you know, more of a service-based business where, you know, like, like mine, like a PR business or something like that, marketing, you can absolutely reach out to people and say, Anyone you know who owns a business who might need services like this, please keep me in mind. So it really can work for any kind of referral. Okay, the second one that I want to talk about is probably the most time-consuming 
because what we're talking about here is volunteering your services to and like a neighborhood group or a nonprofit organization, some kind of group in your neighborhood or, you know, in your community that you can kind of give back to. And I know a lot of people will tell you to never give your services or time away for free, but I have to disagree here. I think especially at the beginning when you're starting your business, if you don't yet have a ton of experience working with clients, the more legitimate organizations you work with, the better to a certain extent so that you can show that these types of organizations have chosen to work with you and that you have that experience under your belt. This is definitely one of the best tactics for just starting out because, I mean, as I said, it automatically helps build your portfolio too. But I think even if you've been running your business for years, as long as you can find a little extra time outside of your regular client work hours, you can do this and it can be beneficial, especially if you are thinking maybe you'd like to shift the types of clients that you're taking on. Maybe you're, especially if you're actually more interested in working either with more local based clients or more, you know, nonprofit or charity based clients or a specific type of industry that maybe there is a group around that you could get involved with because then you get that kind of experience in that industry or, you know, in something related to that industry that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise had. And that's now something you can talk about, you know, with other prospective clients that are in that industry or in that type of field that you're looking to kind of shift into a bit more. So yeah, you can build up your portfolio of work this way and then have a larger portfolio of results, even if you're not just starting out, but you can use this to build your portfolio, even if you had a lot of other clients. It's always good to show, you know, if you want to show diversity in types of projects or maybe something that you've really built from the ground up. So maybe find an organization that hasn't done, you know, again, my easiest example is always marketing or PR because that's what I do. So maybe, you know, you've worked with clients and it's been great, but you really want to show how like a certain type of project can work from the ground up with an organization that that has never done something like that before, you know, so you can show how you can build this program from scratch. So maybe that's a great time to find an organization or group that wouldn't have done that before and would be open to letting you essentially take control of that project and or implement this project for the first time because you're willing to do it for free or extremely discounted depending on the situation. And so being a nonprofit or a neighborhood group or something like that, it's also reasonable to have offered your service for free. Not that you you know you don't have to go around telling people this, but obviously the people who are involved with the organization will probably know, but because you know people often volunteer for these types of groups because they have a passion for the work they're doing and they want to be a part of a group like this. So, you know, it's not like people are necessarily going to know you're doing it in order to build up your portfolio or things like that. You know, you don't have to make it obvious that you are doing this in search of finding a new client or something like that. It's like, I want to be involved with this because I feel strongly about this type of work. And, you know, a lot of the people who work for things like that, you know, might be volunteering too. So the key is to be professional, even if It is a volunteer situation. Um, Treat it like a real client, even if you're not getting paid, you know? So you want to be building relationships with everyone there that you can and make sure that they're all seeing you as the professional that you are. Because many of them have other businesses or projects that they're involved with that they might need your services for in the future. So we're not necessarily thinking of it in terms of this particular organization or group 
hiring you later on, you know, to become a real client. It's more about a getting the experience and, you know, the work, the portfolio work that you can show to similar organizations or industries in the future and B to making those connections with the other people involved in this organization. So they might have other businesses or projects that they're involved with or that they own or run or just, you know, volunteer with also who might need your services in the future, especially if it's a fully volunteer led organization or group. So it's, you know, nobody's full-time job or it's something where all the meetings are in the evening and it's always, you know, volunteer. So it means probably everyone else does have another job that could potentially use your services. And you want to make friends with everybody and show them how, you know, how great you're doing. So while you might be, you know, volunteering your service for this group, you're doing it with the intention of building the connections with the other people involved and using it as a chance to show them what you can do. And, you know, again, you want them to know you're you're only volunteering in this situation because you really love this group and you want to do something to give back, not because you have a lot of extra time on your hands or because you never charge for your services or whatever. You don't want them telling other people or assuming that for themselves, you'll also do it for free. You want them to refer you to other people or consider hiring you themselves because they know you're great at it, but assuming that you will charge and that you're just, you know, also a great person because you've been giving back to this organization through volunteering your services. So you want to obviously be authentic with it. You want to find an organization you actually care about and you actually do want to be a part of, but also go about it as if it is a real client and, you know, Build those relationships. Don't be shy to actually do have those conversations. You know, the I guess maybe partly a way to look at it is that you want to get other people involved in this organization to become someone that you can also use step one in, you know, the asking of family and friends, get them to become almost like a, a friend, an actual friend, or, you know, someone in your, that becomes a person in your circle and your network who you then can ask point blank, listen, I might have space, you know, for another client next quarter. I'm really curious if you know of anybody who might be a great fit for me. So yeah, trying to get to that stage with these people while literally showing them the kind of results that you that you create is the goal here. Okay, so the third one is, and, and probably the most direct one, is to research your ideal client and personally tell them what you can do for them. Reach out, you know, personally and kind of pitch yourself. I'm super against cold calling in the traditional sense of the word, which I know this could sound like, but there are ways to essentially reach out to people you don't know yet and pitch your services to them, which I guess is basically cold calling. But I think you have to be really specific about this to make it worth your while and not backfire by making people think you're sleazy and annoying. I know a lot of people say cold calling is a fine strategy and it's just a numbers game. You know, it's all a numbers game. And who cares if a thousand people are pissed off and annoyed by the way you reached out as long as one says yes, which they invariably will if you ask enough people, right? That's what people say a lot. But I don't like the idea of running business that way. Totally no offense if that is part of your general strategy. And I mean, maybe that's fine. But as a PR and marketing person, I obviously think that word of mouth and your reputation are so, so important. And I don't want your business to piss off or annoy a single person if you don't have to. You don't, you know, you don't want someone to be able to say, oh yeah, so-and-so like, yeah, they reached out to me once and it was so weird and inappropriate. I had, you know, no reason they would have reached out to me. They just totally coldly pitched me their services and it was nothing I wanted. And I didn't even know who she was. You know, 
It's just, that's not at all what I'm talking about here. And that's what I think cold calling can often be. And I, I'm not saying you should do that. In fact, I do not think you should do that. (laughs) What I'm talking about is extremely targeted and personal outreach to one or two people that you know are perfect for you and that you are perfect for. And I mean, chances are you already have an idea in your head of a couple of people or businesses in your niche that you would like to work with, like that you would love to work with in a perfect world that you'd maybe say like, oh, you know, if I could work with anyone in the world, you know, that brand would be amazing or that person or that company, whatever it is for you. And if you don't, a quick Google search or even a social media search, you know, it should show you people in your area if, you know, that's one of the things that's important to you or if you have a business model that allows you to work remotely than people who just you would like to work with in general. You know, if you're not super familiar with them already, do a ton of research to make sure you absolutely love the company and know exactly what you would do and how you could help them. And then put together information about you and your company to show exactly what you could offer them specifically and how it would help them personally. Show them exactly what they would get out of it. You know, so because you're approaching them, so it might not be something they think they need. It might not be something they fully understand. They might be hesitant to spend money to pay you for something like this, unless you can show them proven benefits and expected results and really show them why it's worth it and why they would want your services and why they'd want you to be the one to do it. And again, they might not be interested right now, but they might think of you again later on when they are, or maybe you'll spark the interest by the conversation that you have, or maybe they've been interested, but they've just not reached out to anyone yet for these services. That is ideal. Maybe it's been something they've been thinking about for a while, but they haven't had a chance. You know, you know how busy business owners can be. You, you know, you sometimes think about something for a long time before you actually look into it or research providers for it. I've talked to people before where this happened, you know, they've hired people for certain things because they reached out and they had the enthusiasm that, you know, the person wanted on their team. And they were like, well, you know what? Yeah, that does look like something I could use. So they hired them. And it's happened to me where I reached out to a potential client and they had been considering PR, but they hadn't yet really looked into hiring anyone. And so they were happy to consider and accept my proposal. And because it's, you know, I offer a service that a lot of businesses do kind of think about and kind of know they need, but don't necessarily know where to get started or who to look into for it. So it just works in my favor. So, you know, sometimes they're like, yeah, that I know that's something I need, but I haven't had a chance to look into it. I mean, if somebody reached out to me tomorrow and was like, I will be a virtual assistant and take care of some of, you know, this, this, and that, and take it off your plate. So you don't have to think about it. I'd probably hire them. It's something I've been thinking about for like months, but I just haven't gotten it together to actually do research into hiring someone into who it would be, what exactly I need someone to do. I don't even know that stuff. But if there was someone who was like, yeah, I'll do this, this, and this, this is how I help clients. This is how I can make everything easier for you. I'd be like, oh yeah. Okay. I will definitely look into that. So it, you know, it works both ways. People will do the same thing for your services. If you can show them how much you're going to help their business and why you love their business, you know, why you actually are reaching out to them specifically, because they, you know, it's good to know that you actually are familiar with them, that you know their business and that you actually care, you know, that you have that actual personal connection of knowing who they are and, and reaching out to them because you like them rather than just, there'll be one more, you know, person on your client roster or whatever. But yeah, so I think 
you just, you never know. It can, you can get great results this way. It might not be tomorrow, but it also can be, you know, it might be down the road where they come back to you and they're like, yeah, let's look at like, oh, you know, now I need this. But either way, you've made that connection. Either way, it's a company that you love and you're now on their radar for if and when they want to look into your services. Because how much would you kick yourself if, you know, five months from now, you kind of can tell that they've hired someone for the same thing that you offer. And you're like, darn, I thought they didn't want it. Or I just assumed they didn't want it or need it since they didn't currently have it. But obviously at, in, at some point in between now and you know the five months from now, they did look into it, but they probably just never came across your business or your offerings. You know, So wouldn't you rather at least have been in their inbox to, to be one of the potential ones that they're going to consider? You know? And so again, when I said the term cold call before, I mean, I don't think it necessarily has to be a phone call. I think an email is definitely um, a good way to start for this, you know, because you want to be able to send over all the information at once, make it all really kind of lay it all out. So it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't want to end up playing phone tag or catching someone when they're not interested or available to talk. So definitely send up an email. I believe strongly in that. Again, I know when people do cold calls a lot, they actually literally are calling on the phone. I hate when people call me on the phone, so I will never do that to somebody. <laughs> I mean, like out of the blue, like <laughs> I want to have something scheduled because my days just aren't usually running in a way where I feel like I can just stop and pick up the phone and chat for a while. If someone random calls me, like it'll get me out of the zone. I have every minute accounted for in my day. It's planned. I don't want to have someone call me randomly and want to talk about something that I didn't even have as you know a priority for that day, or maybe don't even know that I need. So definitely do it as an email to, so that you can send all the information to begin with, and then ask if you can set up a time to talk on the phone about it all in person. You know, in a couple of days when they've had a chance to look that over and can schedule time to actually be in a conversation with you. But yeah, so I mean, I think just the one other thing I want to just harp on for one more minute is just. Again, keep in mind it has to be really authentic as with all of them, all all of the ways we talked about. I think, you know, you don't want to just look something up right now and email them in five minutes. Like it really has to be someone or something that you have really put a lot of research into, have really followed for a long time and thought is your ideal client for some reason. And that will come across really strongly. You know, you just really don't want it to look like you're just randomly reaching out. I mean, and again, not that that can never work, but I think if you, you know, we're trying to use our time smartly here, we're trying to get a client in the next couple of weeks, right? So I'd rather that you really reach out to one or two people to start with who are really like the actual people you want to work with and not just try to find a list of like 20 people to reach out to just for the sake of reaching out because they can tell, you know, if it's if it's really authentic or not. And you want to really be able to say you would be perfect client for me to work with and here's why. And you're just going to know a lot more about the brand. You're going to know a lot more about what you can offer and why they would want it and need it if it's someone that you actually really do care about. So keep it authentic, keep it real. But yeah, just, you know, reach out. Don't be shy to just then pull the trigger and reach out. The worst that can happen is they say no. And usually it will just be you know, either not saying they have a budget for it or not saying they have even considered. And they'll probably say, we'll keep you in mind for the future. And then at least you've gotten the conversation going. You can always reach out again a couple months from now, especially if maybe something changes in your business or 
whatever, like if you're taking on new clients again, or you've changed your services or whatever it is, or you just want to check in just to keep in touch in case something has changed with them because they might not think to reach out to you even when they do think maybe this is something they're considering now. So it's not like, you know, you can never reach out again just because they say no. But yeah, so do one or all three of these this week. And I bet you may be able to get a new client from it. You might need to do them over and over again, you know, before it works. It's not like necessarily you're going to get a client the first time you do one of these things, but every time you try one of them, you will get one step closer. And I bet that one of these will work for you. And just, you know, remember it it might not be immediately you're laying the groundwork and you're putting measures in place to obtain clients in the near future through these very simple and easy tactics that aren't going to take a ton of time and are things that you can realistically do right away. So don't forget the most important thing is to approach any of these tactics with professionalism and put your absolute best foot forward once you do secure the client and also stay completely professional, even if they turn you down. They might not need you, but they may still know someone else who could use your services or their situation may change in the future. As I said, like they might realize they do need you and you want to make sure that you still have that contact and that they remember you as a great person to work with. Don't get upset if they don't say yes and don't just ignore the response. Don't be like, oh, they said no, like, you know, send to trash, you know, keep it professional. You don't want to act unprofessional and lose the whole connection, you know, and then not be able to reach out to them in the future, you know, ruin all chances of them reaching out to you again in the future because of how you either reply like nastily or something, or just because you didn't reply at all. So then they think that they can never reach out to you again or something like that. Now that you've built a relationship up, hold onto it because they might also be more than willing to refer you to someone else. They might know someone in a really similar business to them who could use you, you know? And so as long as you continue to act as a great resource for them, you might end up still getting a great client from it potentially. And yeah, and you can keep in touch with them down the road too. So something else could always happen later on. So these are the three ways to try to proactively put yourself out there for a new client right now. Again, number one was to ask people, just to ask people, family and friends, you know, if they can use your services or to pass along a referral to someone who they know. And then number two was to volunteer your services to a neighborhood group or an organization. And number three is to reach out directly to a prospective client that you'd like to work with. And those are not in any particular order. And in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, probably two and three should be swapped because the first, then the first two you can do right away. You can always ask family and friends tomorrow and you can always reach out directly to a prospective client tomorrow. And while, you know, you can volunteer your services tomorrow, that might not turn into the client the the first day you start. So maybe that should be like the third one because it would take a little more time and effort. But I was thinking, you know, you can at least look into volunteer opportunities tomorrow and start getting involved. And you never know, maybe the first day you show up, there is an opportunity to make a connection that becomes a client. So, you know, I'm not going to rule that one out and say you have to volunteer for like six months or a year before you can have that become something. I don't think that's true, but but it might take a little more time than the other two. So anyway, make a goal for yourself to try at least one of these three tactics this week. If getting a new client on board is a goal of yours for the next couple of months and see if you can get a lead on a new client. And as always, leave a comment on our Instagram post for this episode at female millennial entrepreneurs. 
and let us know whatever it is, your progress or how it works for you or any questions that you have or anything like that. Leave it on the post so we can all kind of keep track and see how we're doing and cheer each other along. All right. I hope it works for you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at Female Millennial Entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.